This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about this this morning. I, uh, I was listening to Tim Keller, who is a pastor in New York City this week, and he said something that really was fascinating to me. He said, we underestimate how much our present character and the way that we live now is shaped by what we believe our ultimate future will be. Let's read that again. We underestimate how much our present character and the way that we live now is shaped by what we believe our ultimate future to be. Now what that simply means is, is that what we believe about the future is highly influential in how we live. Let me show this to you. In a secular world that does not believe there's a heaven or a hell or an eternity, then the pervasive view is, is that we can live any way we want to live because actually it's all over when we leave the earth. So... If we believe in the future and we believe there is a future, it impacts the way that we live now. Well, that really resonated with me because that's, that's who I am. Anybody who knows me knows that I am always about the future. In fact, I'm convinced of this fact that God is only talking to us about where we are and where we're going. Rarely. Rarely is God talking to you about where you've been. It's only if there's some unresolved issue in your past. If there's some sin or some issue that has to be dealt with. That's the only time God is talking about the past. God's only talking to you about where you are, where you're going. Where you are, where you're going. The work that God is doing in your life is getting you ready for where you're going. And in this passage... Joshua is getting the children of Israel ready for where they're going. And he said to them, God is going to do amazing things in your life. I've always been attracted to the concept of what the future is going to be for my, my life, for my career, for my children, for my family, for the, the organizations that I lead. In fact, if you know, I have a business uh, that I use for coaching pastors. It's called Forward Leadership. That's my email address, by the way, Forward Leadership. I sign all my letters with the word anticipate because I believe that there is something God has done in me that helps me to have a drawing to an understanding that we have to be ready for where we're going. Now, for the past four years, I've considered it to be one of the greatest privileges of my life to be the pastor of Lake Erie Church. And this season has come at the end of a very full ministry career. I mean, when I look back on my years and my ministry, I realize I've experienced so many moments. I've traveled to 29 countries of the world. I've been involved in leadership opportunities in so many different contexts. 
I've sat in the highest office of our tribe. I've, I've been involved in uh, uh, administrative and ministry positions that gave me uh, lots and lots of responsibility for lots and lots of people. And for whatever reason, God chose that I would finish my career as pastor of this church. That the finish line of my life, the finish line of my career probably in all likelihood will be here at some point. Now, don't get nervous. This isn't a resignation speech. Because about 12 of you thought that's what I was about to do. I cannot remember being so excited about the future as I am this morning. I'm energized when I think about what God is doing now and what God is about to do in Lake Erie Church. Because that's the conversation that God's having with me. Where we are, where we're going. Where we are, where we're going. And if you've been around this church over the past five, six, eight, ten years, you know the dramatic changes that have taken place at Lake Erie Church. There's some things that God has been dealing with me about that I want to talk about this morning. But I want to make it clear that as I have prayed and carefully vetted these words this morning, this is not about me. And it's, it's about God and about His vision and His plan and His church. This has always been God's church. And no matter who the pastor of the church is, it's His church. I'm just number 13 in the list. And if the Lord tarries, someday there'll be a number 14. And I hope that he is as excited or she is as excited about being your pastor as I am. Because what an opportunity we have. And when you think about where we're going, I'm absolutely confident. I'm so careful how I say this so that you don't misunderstand. I say this with an absolute humility. As I stand on this stage this morning, this is our time to lead. It's our time to lead. God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 1. He said, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and said, Moses is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. Notice what he says at the end. Wherever, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. Now, I feel that way about everything that is us. I feel that way about this building I feel that way about the acreage. I feel that about the opportunities of the future. I feel that about the learning center. I feel that about our tweens ministry because I recognize that those tweens, some 25 or 30 of them that are sitting, some of them sitting here right now, they're going to be the young adults of Lake Erie Church in less than 10 years. I feel that way about Chosen, our young adult ministry. I feel that way about student ministry. I feel that way about senior ministry. I feel that way about Pastor Naomi and the kids' ministry. I believe that we are operating in spaces and places that God has given to us. We did not get here because of what we can do. We are here because of what God is able to do and what God has done. Now, three years ago, 
the elders and I announced six big rocks that we felt had to be moved at Lake Erie in no particular order. You'll see them up on the screen. We felt we needed to raise a new generation of leaders up. We needed to revitalize children's ministry. We needed to establish a long-term strategic and financial plan for the church. We need to increase the effectiveness of our discipleship strategies. We need to expand our present facilities, and boy, did we. We needed to improve hospitality and the assimilation of our guests at LEC. And we have made some progress, but there's still much to do. But just think with me about this a moment. We're seeing new people come to this church every week. We're watching people accept Jesus almost every Sunday. We're baptizing believers more frequently than we have at any time in the past four years. We're seeing financial growth in our church. But there is still more to be done. And over the past several days, I've been engaging our staff and team leaders. We call this group the SLT. I've been engaging them with this question. In five years, what do you want Lake Erie Church to be known for? What would you want Lake Erie Church to be known for? Just Thursday night, we sat out here in the commons area with about 25 people. And we talked about this and the presence of the Lord fell over that group and there was weeping and ministry and the Spirit was strongly in the room as we talked about where we believe God is in fact taking our church. Some people talked about the fact that they wanted Lake Erie to be known for its outreach to the community, others to the, for the loving environments that accept all people for unity and for the manifest presence of God, to be the salt and the light of the world, to, to be a, 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 a facility of acceptance and authenticity when people come, to be led by the Spirit, to be a place for broken people to be healed. And it was powerful. It was a powerful moment. We've, we've been doing this with the staff the last two weeks in a group thread, talking about what we want Lake Erie Church to be known for in the next five years. So this morning I want to give you four things that I believe after prayer and much contemplation that I would tell you my vision for the next five years of what I want Lake Erie Church to be known for. Here's number one. In five years, I want Lake Erie Church to be known as a congregation focused on community engagement. Now, there's a reason why Lake Erie Church is not located in Fargo, North Dakota, or Pascagoula, Mississippi, or Des Moines, Iowa. Because Lake Erie Church is not called to Des Moines, Iowa. Lake Erie Church is called to Lake County, Ohio. And it is, in fact, our harvest. And we are accountable to God for what we do to bring hope and the message of Jesus to lost people in Lake County. Remember the words of Jesus in Acts chapter 1? He said to the disciples, he said, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. I would contend that if Jesus and his disciples lived in Madison, Ohio, and they were standing at Middle Ridge Road when they had this conversation, that verse would have read something like this. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
and you will be my witnesses in Madison and Painesville and Geneva and in Perry and in Lake County and in Ohio and to all the places of the world because that's the community to which we are called. That's the place where God has placed us. This is our time. We are here to be God's witness in a world, in this community that is lost without God. And so we need to be a church that is engaged with the community. Many of you live in these communities. You live in these places. Now, some of you drive long distances. I know people that drive in from Cleveland proper and from distances well beyond Ashtabula and on as it may be. Some of you drive, I know one guy that drives almost an hour to come to church here. But for the most part, many of us live right here in these communities. Why? Because God has called us here. And we are here to bring the message of Jesus to this community. And so as a result... This empowerment, this enablement of the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about is how we are going to be able to be engaged with the community. By the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit will give you power to be witnesses. It means that the Holy Spirit will give us power to be engaged with the communities that we live in. So what does community engagement look like? Here's something that the Lord has been dealing with me about and I'm just, I'm just wrapping my mind around this idea is that you and I need to figure out what God is doing around us. And then we need to plug in to what God is already doing. We don't have to create ministry. We don't have to sit around the table and say, what can we do? No, we say, Lord, what are you doing? What is God doing in our community? What is God doing in Madison, Perry, Geneva, Painesville, Leroy, Thompson, Ashtabula? What is God doing? And how do we become involved with what God is doing? Instead of us saying, Lord, we're going to do this right here. We're asking you to bless it. Why don't we say, Lord, help us to figure out what you're doing because you're already blessing that. You're already blessing that ministry. We've got talents and abilities and treasures. Let's invest them in what is already being done. A case in point is Project Hope. Right here in Lake County, a very viable ministry called Project Hope. Providing bed spaces and, and dwelling places for homeless people. Now for a lot of you, you can't, you can't relate to that. You've never been homeless. But there are some of you that know. You know what it's like not to know from night to night where you're going to sleep or where you're going to be. Not too long ago, we had to deal with a little security issue out here on our property because a man was coming onto our property. He was sleeping in his car on our property. And it wasn't that he was sleeping in the car. We just didn't know who he was. And we had to figure that out. But see, most of us are not worried about that. We know exactly where we're going to sleep tonight. But there's a bus that pulls up in front of the, the, the Painesville Jail, the jail, Lake County Jail. And people get on that bus and they go out to Project Hope and they find a meal and a warm bed that they can sleep. And it's day to day and it's day to day and people are there and God is blessing that ministry. And there are people right here in our church who work in that ministry and they give themselves to that. God is blessing that. We can get involved with what God is already blessing and we can do the work of ministry. St. James Church in Painesville is feeding the hungry. 
A few days ago, I sent one of our team members down there to get the information so that Lake Erie Church can become involved in helping to feed the hungry. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, if you do this to one of these, my little children, you're doing it to me. So when you're feeding somebody in Lake County, you're feeding Jesus. When you're clothing somebody in Lake County, you're clothing Jesus. When you're helping to provide a place for somebody to sleep, you're giving Jesus a place to sleep. We want to be a church known for our community engagement. Hope delivered, what Amber just talked about. The opportunity for us to be engaged in what is already being done. No reason for us to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to go out and make our own stuff. Let's find out what God is doing and let's get right in the middle of what God is doing over the next five years. Can somebody praise the Lord with me about that? Second thing is in five years, I want Lake Erie Church to be known as a church that is globally invested. Now from its earliest beginnings, Lake Erie Church has always been a missions-minded church. Some of the great stories, if you talk to some of the elderly members of our church, the more seasoned members, they can tell you stories of those early days. I remember being told not too long ago about a time many years ago when the church was in financial trouble. And the church was rallied to try to make up some bills and pay for all of that. And they raised a bunch of money. And when they got done, they had $500 left over. And so they got together and decided, well, we could put this in the bank and put it in a savings account and save it for a rainy day. And somebody said, no, let's give that money to missions. And the church invested that money to missions. And the person who told me the story said, from that point on, we've always had enough. God's always provided enough. It's always been a church that's been involved in what God was doing around the world. It's always been a church that's been connected to the mission of Christ in bringing hope to people around the world. While I was getting ready for this message several weeks ago, I did some homework and I discovered I could only go back to 1990. So just go back to 1990. This church has been in existence almost 60 years. But just since 1990, this church has given almost $400,000 to world missions. Think about that. $400,000 has been invested in missionary projects and church planting. A few years ago, the church gave $15,000 to build a church in Kampala, Uganda. And we planted that church there that is still active, still preaching the gospel. And when churches are involved in what God is doing, then God gets involved with what you're doing. And so I said to the Lord before January, Lord, how, how do we become involved in what you're doing around the world? Now, we've got missionaries that we support every month. And we've been doing that and you give money and whatever money you give to missions goes directly to those projects whenever you send it in or give it or whatever the case may be. But how can we become invested? And that was the word. I'm not talking about financially, but I'm just saying spiritually. How can we become spiritually invested in what you are doing around the world? And so in January, I got all of the SLT together and I said to them, I want you to pray and ask God to help you identify a place in the world 
that you would be willing to be invested in. So you're looking for a place in the world that you could be invested in to pray, to learn as much as you can, maybe even to give dollars. I'll say more about that in a moment. But be invested in. And then I said, just text it to me. And as I would receive the text back from people, I would make a note of it. And I've got a list here of all the places that the 22 members of the SLT said they wanted to be invested. It was so diverse. It was so inspiring to me because I had been saying to the elders and to our staff that by the end of 23, I wanted to see Lake Erie Church involved in, the fi- in at least five continents of the world. And when it came back from the SLT, as I looked down, all five continents of the world are covered. We have missionaries in Europe. Our missionary partners there are Jonathan and Daniela Augustine. Daniela is fighting cancer. I know many of you have been praying over the Augustine couple. They work in Bulgaria, and they are regional leaders there. In Asia, our missionary partner is Johnny Moore. And Tom Rawson, Johnny Moore is in the Philippines, Thailand, in Miramar. And Tom Rawson is in Russia. In North America, we're involved with Pastor Judd Malapard and his wife in planting a church in Roy, Utah, which is outside of Ogden. And with Scott and Rachel Moore in Upper Sandusky, Ohio, at Liberty Worship Center. And we're invested there in that project. In the country of Africa, we are invested in missionary partner Randall and Rhonda Paris. Some of you know them, but they travel to Africa. They are now designated missionaries to the country of Africa. In Israel, we are partnered with Paul and Gabby Smitgal, one of the smartest and most brilliant theologians I've ever met in my life. Paul Smitgal and his wife, they work there in the city of Jerusalem and manage many of the ministries of outreach that are going on in that area. In South America, we are partnered with Bobby and Tabitha Lynch. And, and Bobby will be here in a couple of weeks and he'll be talking about what's taking place in South America, spe- specifically uh, in Ecuador. So we're already invested in a lot of places. But we, we said to SLT, where do you feel God is leading you to be invested? I'm not going to tell you all of them. It's going to take too much time, but I want to tell you about one. Julie Morgan texted me, one of our elders' wives, and she said, Pastor, I feel the Lord leading me to be invested in Afghanistan. Now, when I got that text message, I looked at that and I thought, wow. Americans came out of Afghanistan. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. But I, I thanked Julie, and I said, I'll, I'll do some work, and I'll get back to you. And so I called a guy who called a guy who knew a guy. And I got a text message back and said, I found your guy in Afghanistan. He gave me a phone number. The man is is based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. But he is a native born in Iraq, filled with the Holy Spirit, a church planter and missionary. And I called him that day, and I talked with him over the phone. You know what he told me? He said, Pastor Bill, you're not going to believe this. Most people don't. But in Afghanistan, we have four spirit-filled, thriving Pentecostal churches in Afghanistan. 
He said, I can't tell you where they are and I can't give you the names of the pastors for their own safety. When I hung up that phone call, I thought about the words of Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to stop the church. You hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you the work of God is going on right under the eyebrow of the Taliban. Right there where they are abusing and, and, and hurting their own citizens, God is raising up a mighty church. There's a good pastor, a Pentecostal church pastor, who's preaching the gospel just like I am, telling people that Jesus is the answer in a Muslim country. You hear what I'm saying? God is at work, and we get the opportunity to be invested. Julie is going to be invested in what is going on in Afghanistan as a part of what the Lord is doing. This summer... Our students and Pastor Dustin and Katie are going to be going to Quito, Ecuador, and they'll have a life-changing experience there. This fall, with the Lord's help, I hope to go to Guatemala. I want some of you to go with me. I want some of you to go to Guatemala with me. I want us to see the Casa Salom Orphanage. I want us to meet uh, uh, Josh and Jessica Hansen. God is at work. Over a hundred children there in that place. Many of them wards of the state, abandoned by families, abandoned by their own parents. They're under the care of this precious couple. I want us to figure out what God is doing around the world and let's get invested in what God is doing. Let's be invested in what God is doing. And maybe it was just me, maybe not. There may not be a single person in this room or watching me online that has this thought, but here's the thought that I had several times. People are going to say, well, there you go, preacher. You're all after the money again. Back, more, about, more about money. And so I took that, where I usually take things like that, I took that to prayer. And I said, Lord, help me here. Get my mind clear about it. I'm not saying I heard the voice of the Lord, but here's the way I process that. It's not about money. Because God owns all the money. Here's what it's about. You give God a $5 bill, and he'll turn it into 50 meals for, for children in an orphanage. You give God $10, he'll make it $1,000. Because whatever you place in the hand of God, whatever you put into the hand of God, he will bless it and break it and feed the multitudes. And it's not about money. It's about investing yourself in what God is doing and becoming a partner in ministry for the kingdom of God. Here's the third thing. In five years, I want Lake Erie Church to be more I want it to be known as a church that is connected to one another. Now, Lake Erie Church is a very unique and diverse family of believers. And we are joined together by the common bond of Calvary's cross. We all look differently. We have different cultures and different nationalities. And some of us even have different languages. But the thing that makes us one, the thing that makes us common is the cross of Calvary. That at the cross of Calvary, there is no white man, no black man, no brown man. We are all children of God. We, we may speak different languages, but there is a heavenly language. We are called together as the family of God. More than 20 times in the scripture, there are specific behaviors that God has said that we should do for one another. It said we should serve one another in love. It says that we should be of the same mind with one another. 
It means that we should accept one another, confess our sins to one another, hear one another's burdens, speak truth to one another, wash one another's feet, forgive one another. The Bible is just consistently saying, be connected one to another. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34, he said, this is how people are going to know that you belong to me because you love one another. They're not going to identify you as my disciple because you go to a church on Hubbard Road. They're going to know that you're a believer because you love people. You love one another. And because you love one another, they're going to know that. So in August of 23, we're rolling out again life groups. Now, I know we did life groups years ago. These are going to be communities of 10 to 15 people led by couples that Shelly and I have been training since January. Six couples that are going to be the leaders of these particular groups. These groups are going to be built around fellowship and outreach. You wonder, why are we doing this? Well, here's the deal. As we get larger, as we get larger, we have to get smaller. We come together collectively, three and 400 people at a time, and we have to be able to get smaller because it is impossible for one man and his wife and a few part-time staff members to be able to provide care for everybody. It's impossible. So we have to be smaller. We need everybody to be plugged into a small group so there's somebody looking after you. Somebody, so many new people that are coming to Lake Erie now. Watch this. If you started coming to Lake Erie Church since January of last year, stand up. You started coming to Lake Erie since January of last year. Look around here. Look here. Look here. Thank you. You may be seated. And we're trying to stay connected to every one of them. These life groups will give us the opportunity for people to be able to be connected. And it may change the dynamic of the way that we have done care in our church. It may, it may affect in some ways the things that we have traditionally come to know about how things are done. You know, we're, we're organizing more care teams. In fact, we, we've had small groups in our church before. We've had them organized. We've had other very organic groups. Deborah Douglas does an online book club small group. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a small group that meets with Grief Share on Wednesday night led by Diana George. Uh, there, there are all kinds of small groups. Ron Baltus is starting a Bible study at his house in April. Kurt Zinesek's been doing a small group Bible study at his house for a while. But the idea is that when we are smaller, we have that opportunity to be connected to one another. We are able to bear one another's burdens. You know, sometimes you get the calls and there are multiple people in the hospital that, that need to be gotten to and you just physically can't all get there. So our elders have been helping and some of the staff have been helping. Not too long ago, I was in a situation where I couldn't get to somebody who really needed a pastor. Pastor Leah and Jerry went and represented and was there. These small groups will give us those connections so that we can make sure everybody is cared for at Lake Erie Church. And it doesn't mean just because the pastor's not near your hospital room that he doesn't care about what's going on with you, but it means that we do care. And we want to make sure somebody's there. Here's the last and final one. In five years, I want Lake Erie Church to be known as a church that is obsessed with lost people. The 
The measurement of our success as a church is whether we are reducing the lostness outside our building. It's not how many people come and worship with us. It's not the budget of our church. It's how many people that once were lost are now found because we exist as a church. When I use the word obsessed, I do that intentionally. There were other words to choose, but this one is the one that I want because it refers to a fixation and a passionate involvement with people who do not know the Lord. Listen, lost people matter to Jesus. And they must matter to us. You remember filling these cards out? A few months ago, you filled these cards out and you walked up here and you laid them in my hand and you had taken these cards and you had put the names of at least five people that you know that don't know Jesus. Well, I counted every one of those cards and I counted every one of those names. Five hundred eighty-six lost people that belong to us. And we're not talking about people out there that we don't know. We're talking about people that belong to us. We must have an obsession about winning lost people. If it affects the way we do church, so be it. If it affects the way that we spend money, so be it. If it affects the way that we carry on our business, so be it. Jesus said, I came into this world to seek and save that which was lost. Lost people matter to Jesus and they have to matter to Lake Erie Church. We've had dozens of people give their life to the Lord. Just as I said a moment ago about Cody. Just, just people coming to the Lord as a result of their experience at Lake Erie Church. And we're seeing that happen and we're trying to track as many of those as we can. Just last Sunday, 12 people accepted Jesus as their Lord here in our sanctuary. The week before, three other people accepted the Lord Jesus in, in our services. Over the month, since January, over 50 people have said, I choose Jesus. I accept Jesus. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. Here's what the Bible said in Romans chapter 5. God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. I came to Lake Erie Church by the will of God. There's not a doubt in my mind that God arranged and ordered the steps of my life to bring me here to Lake Erie Church. Not because I am the answer to anything. But my heart is aligned to what I believe the mission of this church is. Now, I used to say when I was an overseer, you don't want a country western preacher if you're a rock and roll church. 
you don't want a pastor that's obsessed with lost people if you don't care about lost people. Because he's going to drive you crazy. Those 586. Now some of the people have already been saved off of that list. I was reading some of your list and I saw some people and I thought, you know, God's already saved them. And there's more on here. I know a mother who put the name of her son on there and I know she's reached out because her son is now hungry to talk to me about Jesus. Here's my point. The problem that Jesus had with the religious leaders is that they wanted to create a religious environment that you had to have their permission to join. That you had to jump through their hoops, their rules, their regulations in order to earn the favor of God. And it's just not true. Those of you that have been to Lake Erie in the last couple of weeks have gotten this text. I have very intentionally told you that we are creating a church where you can belong while you are learning how to believe. You don't have to shake my hand. You don't have to jump through a hoop. You don't have to be a certain anything. This is not a church for perfect people. This is not a place that, that people have it all together, my Lord. This is a really messed up crowd here. Don't point. It's not a club with a secret handshake. It's a community of broken people saved by the wondrous grace of God. And it matters. A young woman sitting right here listening to me this morning. The devil was trying to destroy her life. But God's grace reached her. Saved her. Redeemed her. She was baptized in water. And now she worships with us on Sunday. That's the story of Jesus. And that's what our church is about. Paul writing to the young pastor Timothy says in chapter 1. And I'm almost done. He says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everybody should accept it, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinner. Then others would realize that they too can believe on and receive eternal life. We are just 400 days or so past the first public service we had in this building. A little more than 400 days ago we had our first service here. If you were around in those days you remember that what we wanted to do at Antioch was we wanted to add on to that building. The cost estimates were ranging two and three million dollars just to build the very minimum of what we wanted to get. More bathrooms, dedicated kids space, dedicated youth space. 
and the possibility that we might be able to have a small daycare. And then all of a sudden, this place dropped into our lap. It took seven months to negotiate the purchase and exchange. And by the way, our friends at North Star, they are doing so good. That church is thriving over there. It's been a win-win. I sat with Pastor Nick a couple of days ago up here at New Day Church. We had a, a ministerial fellowship meeting, and he said, you, you cannot believe, Bill, what God is doing at our church. That's what we wanted. We wanted both churches to win. But before we signed on the dotted line, before it was done, early on a Saturday morning, I was awakened before daylight, and I felt so prompted of the Lord that I should come over here and pray on this property. So I dressed and I came over and I parked my car back by the barn and I, I walked all the way to the back. And then I walked all of the perimeter. And somewhere back there in the middle of those fields as I was praying, I felt like the Lord said to me, if you're looking at the building, you're missing the point. I'm not giving you a building. I'm giving you an opportunity. It's not about a building. It's about an opportunity. And so every day when the 50 or 51 children come through those doors, I try to greet as many of them as can. I try to meet as many parents as I can because it's an opportunity. And the Lake County Senior Food Program pulls up with the Lake Tran truck out here. I go out there and meet the people that are passing out the food because it's an opportunity for people to be on our campus. When the American Red Cross does their blood drives, I'm always number one. I'm always the first person because I know Dustin Vorce is not going to give blood. Somebody on our staff has got to give blood. I'm always number one. not about a building, it was about an opportunity. And because we've approached it that way, and because we've made this about Jesus, and because we've made it about reaching lost people, see what God has done? God's sending people. Some of you are here today, you're not even sure why you came today. You're being drawn, church is being filled up with people who are encountering Jesus sometimes for the very first time. I want to be a church that is obsessed, fixated. How do we tell more people about Jesus? How do we communicate Jesus in a more empowering way? And I'll leave you with this thought. Everything that we do in the next five years, if Jesus tarries, what we do on this campus in the next five years. I, I hope to God the Lord helps us to be able to convert the learning center into a full school. I hope that we're able to launch ministries that impact this community in powerful ways. But if we don't bring people to Jesus, none of it matters. 
if we fill up this building with people and we sing to the rafters and people don't accept Jesus, it don't count. If we pay off the debt of this building and we live debt free, it doesn't matter if people aren't coming to Jesus. Because I want your sons and your daughters, your neighbors, your colleagues, I want them to know Jesus. And I want to lead a church that is obsessed about lost people. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.